This is the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez. If you're a fan of Cigar Snob Magazine and follow our top 25 lists, then there's a good chance that you've come across the HVC brand name. We put the HVC San Isidro, which is made at the Agonorsa factory in Esteli, at uh, number 15 on our top 25 list for 2017. HVC founder Reinier Lorenzo stopped by our office to watch some World Cup soccer, and after the match between Portugal and Spain was over, we moved over to the mics so that our publisher, Eric Calvino, could get an interview in. If you didn't already know his story, you might be surprised to learn what Reinier was doing for a living before he got into the cigar business. But before you learn that, a word from our sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra Rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top-shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio, but it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A Rum. Safra Rum. Always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without Safra. All right, and now here's Eric's interview with Renier Lorenzo of HVC Cigars. All right, so welcome to Cigar Snob Headquarters. This isn't your first time here, but thank you for uh, for visiting us and thank bringing you, us some you. great smokes. Thank you for having me here. Always a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah, man. Uh, it's always you always seem to come uh, for a visit, like right before IPCPR. Okay. Right. It always works out looks that like, way. Looks like, yeah, looks like, yeah. I remember last year you brought what you were releasing at the show. And I we think smoked it here before the show. That was the San, Isi- the, the, was the San Isidro? The no, one that, that was got another, the, another one uh, of oh, these. Oh, another limited edition another, with La Rosa, yeah. La Rosa 520. The 520, the 10-count boxes, I think, yeah. Yeah, and then you came, uh, you know, another time during the year, but... Yeah. At any rate... Usually so, this is the time of the year that we release... Yeah, of course. La Rosa 520, always been came out before the IPCPR, around like between March, April, June. Okay, so I want to talk about La Rosa 520, but before I do that, I think there's some people out there who may who may not know you, right? Okay, yeah. may not know your background, uh, where you come from, what um, your relationship with uh, the folks from Aganorsa, okay. right? So, so tell us a little bit about your personal background, right? How did you end up here? In, in this business and in this country? Yeah, I mean, obviously. just I like, grew up in Cuba. 
and I moved here August 2008. 2008? Yeah, 2008. But I you left didn't Cuba. come to Miami? like Yes, most... yes, I came oh, to Miami. Did, I did. came to Miami first. I was living here for three months, and then I moved to Wisconsin. Which is a very different path. Yeah, completely than, different. Than quite, quite, yeah, quite different. I always, it's funny because I always, when I told the story, I was living in Wisconsin for seven years. People were acting like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, that's how Havana, I Wisconsin, like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I really love it. I can't complain. Yeah. And beautiful so, city. What nice were you place. doing there? I was working for a genetics company there. Yeah, I was working for seven years. As a scientist. Quite, what was quite, the, I mean, we were like working a, in a lab. So basically what we do was like separate X and Ys with the sperms. Artificial insemination. Yeah, artificial insemination. Artificial insemination, yeah. Yeah. And so now you studied that in Cuba? You studied yeah, genetics? Because I was, no, because I was a veterinarian first. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. So you, okay, were, yeah. you were a veterinarian in Cuba? Yeah. I mean, I started that in Cuba, but I never really... Yeah, you know, well, yeah. yeah. I left Cuba when I was 23, so... Okay. And then then you get here, and how do you land that gig as a uh, artificial inseminator in a genetics <laughs> lab in Wisconsin? You know, I always loved that part because my family in Cuba, actually, they have a quite a big farm there cows, horses, and I always loved the park. So when I find this job over there, and thus I moved there to order. And that's incredible. And so you spent seven years in Wisconsin inseminating eggs. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and doing like quite sometimes embryos. Yeah. In vitro. That quite this part, yeah. And this is all, f- and the majority of it was uh, was cows, bovine? Or? Yeah, I mean cows, horses, deers, yeah, but most cows. Yeah, most Very cows. interesting stuff, yeah. man. So that's quite a leap from, you know, genetics, uh, animal genetics to, to, tobacco. to, to cigars, tobacco, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, so tell me about that, like uh, that in between, right? So you're in Wisconsin, uh, artificially inseminating embryos and and uh, and doing all that kind of stuff. And then at what point do you realize, man, I really want to be in the cigar business? Or how does that happen? I mean, actually, you know, my, my family has been working for Casa Fernandez or Aganor Salif for about 20 years. So, like, actually, my first land when I came here was Tropical Tobacco. So my family was working there, and they showed me everything. And actually, in 2009, Eduardo Fernandez, the owner of Aganor Salif, he invited me to go to Nicaragua. And he showed me everything they do down there. I mean, all the process of the tobacco and just, I fell in love with. Well, in 2009, uh, that would have been a little bit early, right? In the Agonorsa days, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of how the the timeline of Agonorsa, this was still, they were still figuring things out, right? Yes. But they've become a power. Yeah. A complete powerhouse in this business. You know, people call them like this, a sleeping lion. Yeah, sleeping giant. uh, Yeah. Well, so, so then you're in Wisconsin You've already, you know, when you were here, you went to Nicaragua, you did all that stuff, and your family is involved in the business. At what point do you realize, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do? How, 2011. 2011. Yeah, 2011, that's when I just say, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I started HVC in 2011 with my first blend, the first selection. So That one just came out. And HVC is Havana Vieja Cigars. Havana City. Havana City. Yeah, Havana City. HVC Havana City. Havana City. 
uh, and you launched that in 2011. Yeah, 2011. At the same time, I'm still working for Sorry, the Guinness. Sorry, I said Lavana, you have a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. At the same point, I, I still working for the Genetics company. Yeah. And then I was doing both. So HBC was quite my part-time job. You know, I don't have enough money just to go myself and start doing HBC full-time. So, you know, getting out there, traveling, meeting people, visiting shops all over the country. Actually, by the time I was basically driving all around the United States. So 2011, you're driving around. Yeah, my time off. The majority of time. Yeah. Your time off, you're spending uh, basically selling HVC cigars in cigar shops. Yeah, I imagine up there, I mean, right exactly, near you. Most, exactly, yeah, most Chicago area, Wisconsin, yeah, most in the area. And is that still your strongest market? That part of the country, or has I mean, it it's still strong, but like now we have 300 accounts, yeah, all over, and like probably right there, I can see probably about 40 accounts. That's that so we are really strong right yeah. there. We're doing pretty good over there in the area. I mean, have really good connection with people there. I mean, they know me for quite a long time. Yeah, and you still go, oh, yeah, and you exactly, still visit. Yeah. How many times a year do you go up there? Three times a year. Three times. Yes. So, and, uh, so, what, what is your personal profile? Like, what is it, what kind of cigar do you, do you like? And did that have anything to do with, the first blend that you came up with? Usually, like, like you see my background, everything I do is around where I'm coming from. So Havana, Cuba. Like, at that point, I mean, I want to I wanna come out with a blend, like, remember me, the old Cuban profile that I've been smoking. So, like, that taste. And you see in my portfolio, we really don't have full-body cigars. All we do is medium, medium full bodies. So, and... I think I have been really lucky to work with Aganol Salif. They have incredible tobacco. Like the week came out with incredible blends that the one that we're smoking right now, La Rosa 520. So I think like when I see my profile, I I want to every time came out with a cigar that everybody can smoke that cigar. I don't want to target just one market. In a okay, yeah, because there, there's different schools exactly. of thought, right? There's different people who say, okay, well, just make an excellent cigar in whatever style you like and then the people who like that will love that and that's okay not you you're saying you want a cigar that everyone can smoke yes okay actually you see like the 2015 blend i have hbc special edition 2015 actually it's a maduro wrapper and when i told people like sometimes people are afraid no i don't i don't smoke that's yeah, too strong for me exactly. notion. and i said no just just try you know and i got really good feedback like Thank you, excellent smoke. I was not expecting that actually. They were expecting so something that's stronger. Exactly, they expect something really strong, so really heavy. That's not really my style. I mean, well, I, Cuban so, cigars really—that's not the style of Cuban cigars. No, of course, yeah. I mean, like people sometimes think everybody has different person, but in my opinion, Cuban don't have full body cigar to me. Cuban is some medium body cigar, really yeah. mild, creamy. Yep. Yeah, that's. So you're going for a very traditional. Cuban style blend every time, probably yeah. And so, and you've had some success with that, yeah. You know, so far, uh, so far. So well, in in our case, uh, in our 2017 top 25, uh, the San Isidro with a 92 came in at number 15. Yes. Uh, we found that that cigar just blew us away. Right, we love that cigar. And you see, that's that actually, box pressed San Isidro. It's beautiful. Actually, 
is there was a change there. I remember I talked to Eduardo, they say, hey, uh, I want to do something with a bottle wrapper. So that's the first time we introduced a bottle wrapper to the market and box press. So because you know, also is really big in Corojo yeah, and Criollo. That's their bread so and that, butter. Exactly. So always they've been that, that and we love that. And at the same time, we like to play with different tobacco and things like Yaganosa mix very well with all that. And, and that so smoke is incredible. How do you incredible. how do you come up with with these blends? Give me a little bit of background like, as to like, how that happens. Like me personally, you know, I really involved with all the process. I go into Nicaragua three or four times a year down there to smoke the tobacco, smoke the leaf each time, like smoke the beasts, smoke the lejero, you know, because every year, same farm, same seabro, that can yeah, change. It changes, of course. You know what I mean? Like that can change, right? Of course. And like, we like, me personally, I really love to smoke cigars. And well, like, I would hope, right? <laughs> no, but like, like, like some points, like, let me, let me smoke this beast. So what is different from this farm? Let me smoke this ligero. This may see the seco. So what, what really will bring to the table? And then we pour together a Macy's blend. The other thing I, I think I'm wrong with this. I, I don't blend for people. I blend for myself. Okay, so that is the the sort of mentality. It's to blend the cigar that you are going to love. Exactly. Okay, yeah. So we're back to. I, I, I would never. It just happens I, to be that the one that you exactly, love is the cigar I, that everyone can smoke. But I, I really, I would not put something out there. They say, you know, this is something that's really hard out there in the market and people love it. That's, that's not my philosophy. They, all the stuff that we do is because I love and feel passion for it. Yeah. And when I'm smoking something, they say, wow, this, for sure, I can put it this up. Uh, out there and i think i've been lucky enough every time i came out with a new blend people love it yeah they sell out pretty quickly right they, they do yeah they do so and speaking of the fact that they sell out quickly how does your portfolio break down between regular production things that are available year round yeah. and limited editions how, actually like how you see we have we've been Seven years in the market right now, right? We started in 2011. Yep. And you see my portfolio is now big. No. We have only eight regular lines. Eight lines, I'm sorry. Eight lines. And the eight lines, we got two limited editions. Okay. So the six the one, are, the, are available year-round. Exactly. Round. We got six there. What are, the, what are the names of those six? What are those okay. six brands? You got the first selection. Yep. Got the Pan Which Caliente. The first one. You got the Pan Caliente. You have the Cerro. And both are Natural Maduro. And then you have the 2015. HBC Special Edition 2015. And then you jump there in La Rosa 520, limited edition one time a year. And then you have the Vieja Cosecha number two. So Vieja Cosecha is something all harvest. Yep. We use five years, eight tobacco in the blend, and we make a thousand boxes a year. That's it. How many? A thousand boxes. Yeah, one thousand boxes a year. And so where, now you didn't mention San Isidro in that portfolio. I don't mean, yeah, it was San Isidro. Right there. So that's a also regular a regular production. Yes, that's right, yeah. a regular approach. And then we came out every year with a special project that we do Black Friday. That's the idea that came out to my mind. We have been doing this for the last three years. Just different cigar, different size, super limited, only 100 bucks or 50 counts, exclusive for Black Friday. Well, and so how does, uh, you know, the latest changes with FDA affect your portfolio? I mean, and, and just let me give them in case people don't don't know the background. But at the moment, we can't create new blends, right? At the moment, we have to uh, 
continue to reuse existing blends exactly, as yeah. opposed to creating new blends. So how does that affect your limited I mean, and those things? So so far, not really. Like the FDA is something that we got to see and we're still working really hard to get away with that because I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that regulation. Because, I mean, my point is I came to this country because I love freedom. Yeah. So why you want to impose me something like that? But to talking about the cigar, that doesn't offend me so much yet. Got to see. We'll, we'll figure out for sure. Yeah. On that part. Well, I mean, even if you if you maintained your blend, just the fact that a new harvest comes out will make it different. That's when they come to the point we adjust yeah. the blend, right? So because the harvest can change, right? But you still, you can adjust the blend with the same tobacco, just a little adjust. When I say a little adjust, it's like, it's like cooking, right? So you got the same recipe, but if it's the onion that you got, it's not the same one. You can put a, a little, a little more of the onion, and you're still getting the same flavor. Sure. So. Yeah, it's just tweaks. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and so. I mean, because consistency is really important in this business. So you don't have consistency. I think everybody will fail. Absolutely, that is the so sort of backbone of the cigar business. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike wine, yeah. where you celebrate the difference from harvest to harvest. In cigars, we sort of blend out the difference, right, to, to achieve consistency. To achieve consistency. Because, I mean, you want to smoke the same cigar that you're smoking today and then 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. It has to be the same cigar. That's the idea. So so then tell us about this uh, this new La Rosa 520. This is a, a Lonsdale. First time yeah, you've exactly. launched a First time uh, a Lonsdale. I do a Lonsdale. You know, La Rosa 520 is quite been touched with me because La Rosa 520, that was my address in Havana. Yeah. So I said, well, got something special. The tobacco, actually, that we use is 100% from the Jalapa region. And we don't usually hear only visos and secos from the Jalapa so region. So in, in the entire La Rosa line, every release that you've ever had, yeah. it's only from Jalapa? Yes. And never ligeros. And never ligeros. So secos and visos. Secos and visos, yeah. And Corojo 99 is the rubber. Always? Always. It's a beautiful cigar. Thank you. I mean, we, we love but it. Every, I mean, every, every time that you bring it, I mean, uh, it, we smoke through the box immediately. I say to this, and I always I say this around the chops and to everybody, like probably this is the most Cuban style access that I have in my portfolio. So this Get is it. the most Cuban... Uh, traditional Cuban style cigar in the entire portfolio. Yeah, but this one is the most close. That, yeah. So, but what I was what I was saying earlier is that if you go through the humidors here, you won't find one because they get smoked through instantly. Uh, we're we're huge fans. What do you think pairs in terms of uh, an adult beverage? What do you think pairs with the La Rosa Five Twenty? I mean, that really that depends what people like. Yeah, but, so, but, but for you? For me, I like with wine, red wine. Yeah? Yeah, I can go with a red wine easily and then... Like uh, you, you're talking about a, you know, a big fruity, fruity red wine? Or are you talking about a dry? No, like, uh, what, quite like fruity. What like you like, can say a good Cabernet. A good Cab? Yeah, like a, a cab, California yeah. Cab? Yeah, that can be a really good California Cab, yeah. And actually, I mean, personally, I like McAllen a lot. So I didn't go with McAllen. Neat. McAllen Neat or California Cab. There you go. So... Now, you, you came here today, and today is uh, early on in the World Cup. Yes, 
and I mean, you can tell the story better what I told you. So <laughs> you see what happened right there. So I called for that goal. You call you called yeah, Ronaldo's hat trick. He really did call Ronaldo's hat trick. Cristiano Ronaldo's hat trick. So uh, much to my chagrin, uh, I was I was going for Spain on that one. But uh, so what do you who do you have in in the World Cup? Who do you like and and what is your Brazil, plan? Brazil, Brazil. You're all Brazil. Yeah, huh? Brazil. You're not Cuba. It's a lot of big. How you say aficionados? Well, to yeah, Brazil and, and Cuba in, in the last like 15, 20 years, uh, Cuba's become a soccer nation. It's very interesting. They're not good as a national exactly, team, exactly, yeah, but they're yeah. fanatical about it. Yeah, I mean, probably because I think it's easy to play with. I, I, you know what course, I mean? You need one ball. You need just equipment. You, just need, yeah. <laughs> you need a ball and and, and two <laughs> pairs it. of sh- old shoes you can use as a goal. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's it. So yeah, I've noticed uh, I've the more Brazil, recent yeah. Cubans, and they love Brazil well, and what Argentina, right? Alemania, yeah, Germany. That's funny because yeah, most Spanish, most most Italy, Cubans, yeah. most Cubans, uh, they're they're descendants of Spaniards. Yes, but yet they're more Brazil, fans of Brazil, Argentina, Argentina, yeah, even Germany. Even Germany, you can see quite a few people go for Germany. Yeah, that's, that's quite crazy. weird, but. But at the club level, they all seem to like Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yes. Isn't that strange? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the strangest thing. Yes. Like you'll see on, on Facebook, you'll see videos from Cuba, people running around in the streets when Real Madrid won yeah, uh, the Real Champions Ma- League. Yes. Yes. It's nutty, right? Yes. And yet yes. when it comes to national competitions and World Cup, they don't root for Spain. It's Yeah. Most people go for Brazil and Argentina. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So what a... What is your ideal way of watching uh, a World Cup match or, or any match and to, or any sport? How do you like to – do you smoke when you watch these matches? Yes. Yeah, like in, in my case, in my home, we watch them in the backyard. We have a TV in the backyard, and we'll, we'll all just sit around the TV watching whatever yeah, whatever, whatever sporting event. Is, right? Yeah. We're big into sports in, in our house. And so – and I can tell from the way we were watching the match today, you're into sports too. Yes. Yes. And you said your brother's a big sports nut too. Yes. So so you guys will Yeah, smoke we like to drink and, and drinks. Yeah. yeah. Just have what drink about, where, What about food? What do you guys do? You guys grill? You I guys, like grill. My personal I am, yeah? I like to cook. What is I your, like to you cook. like to yeah, cook? Yeah, I love to cook. Yeah. I mean I really like Well Josefa's always talking about cooking too. Yeah, she does too, yeah. We actually sometimes we got a lot of competition in the house. Yeah. To make sure we got we have better dishes. Yeah. We like I mean usually we I like to get my palate always to a next level. Yep. Usually when I go out there, I like to try quite fancy restaurants to see what really, really? bring out there. Yeah. Spain for that is amazing. No, no, for yeah, food, I, re- I remember Spain when I was in around. Spain a couple of years ago, I went to San Sebastian. Oh, wow. Yeah. What seafood. a little, what a little town there to eat. Awesome. I mean, like good. Awesome seafood. Yeah. Uh, now here stateside, what what restaurant has blown you away that has then impacted you at home that you've been able to do something? I mean, so far, my quite favorite restaurant right now in Miami is called Le Serenuse. Le Serenuse is a four-season hotel, 91 and Calling Avenue. Yep, They right. got a restaurant there that's called Le Serenuse, Italian restaurant, really tasty, quite different, yeah. And have you been able to take something from there? And Do you well, make not, not yet. pastas? Not, no? Quite not yet, quite not yet. Got yeah, it. actually, the guy, what do you call it? I mean, now the score. Buffalo. Buffalo. What do you call it? Buffalo. Uh, Mozzarella? 
Buffalo I mean, mozzarella or burrata? Burrata. The burrata buffalo right there. Oh my god! I don't know what they do, but they got some flavor inside <laughs> that I have been trying in other restaurants. It's not quite the same. It's unbelievable what this guy doing there. I We're mean, you guys to go? check it out there, and yeah, you guys got to check it go. out. Yeah. And so with these uh, with these dishes, what cigar? So like with an Italian dish, what what which of your cigars do you? So forget about the Italian dish part. When you when you're just at home or mm -hmm. you've just finished a nice meal at a restaurant like this, what is the cigar you go towards out of your portfolio? Actually, that depends on what kind of move I am, right? Yeah. I can go with anyone, right? But for a man, you can go with San Isidro easily. You can go with 2015. I mean, right there, believe me, I don't have any parents. Yeah. And my portafolio, I can go They're like with, children, you, you can go exactly, with either one? Yeah, 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 I can say, well, let me smoke this because I know I will lower for sure. But... But what about a blend like pan caliente, which has a very food-related name? Pan caliente means hot bread. That's, is that, that like a that, morning cigar? That's a breakfast cigar. It's a breakfast cigar. It's yeah, breakfast I mean, pan caliente really is what you would have in the morning. Really nice body, easy, like not peppery, super smooth. Yeah, light on the palate. Yeah, doesn't doesn't weigh doesn't you down. Give you, yeah, no, not for sure. I mean, that's a really nice, like you call it, like a breakfast cigar. That's probably the why the name pan caliente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> and you can put some eggs on and some butter. <laughs> that would be delicious too, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking with Rainier. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank I, I am you. a big fan of ribeye. Ribeye. Yeah, ribeye. Ribeye is. Everybody's That's my, my favorite, favorite cut, of beef, cut of beef, yeah. Yeah. Some people like, I don't know, filet mignon, but a ribeye no, 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 for no. me is... I'm with you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So... Every day, twice a day, it's no problem. <laughs> 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 so thank you again, my man. Thank you for uh, the amazing smokes you've been putting out. Thank you for bringing them and uh, sharing them with us. And uh, keep up the good work, and I'll see you in Las always, Vegas. For sure, I will see you guys in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to be here with you guys in the smoke and have always a nice chat. Always, always. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Rainier for visiting us and taking time out to do that interview. As always, thank you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Rate and review us while you're there. You can also find episodes of the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Share this episode with friends and fellow smokers who you think might be interested in this story. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cigar Snob Mag. That's Cigar Snob M-A-G. Finally, make sure to send any feedback, questions, or comments to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. We might just respond to you right here in the podcast or in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Nick Jimenez, and this is the Cigar Snob Podcast. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of safra rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece 
that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio. But it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra Rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A rum safra rum always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra <laughs>